Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Man, you really disappointed me today. I thought you'd wear a Larry Bird shirt. Sorry, man. I'm fresh out of those. So, yeah. Nothing's going to happen today, man. Yeah. You got a little green, though. That's I do have nice. a little green. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, hey, it's St. Patrick's Day. How about that? St. Patrick's Day at Colhane's Irish Pub, and this place is absolutely rocking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, you expect anything big, else. But I don't know. I don't know what I expected. It's a Wednesday, <laughs> sure. and the place is absolutely hopping. Uh, inside, it's filled, and so we're outside on a beautiful day once again in Jacksonville. Green everywhere, and appropriately so, yes. here at Colhane's Irish Pub. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane. Free agency frenzy continues. Uh, not so much for the Jaguars today. Very quiet. I guess they got tired of making phone calls and wanted <laughs> to give themselves a little bit of a break after yesterday especially, but the first two days of free agency. Overall, pretty quiet day in the NFL. It almost makes you wonder, why don't they just move the start of free agency to Monday instead of Wednesday at 4 o'clock? Like, why? they're... They're being outdone, yeah. or maybe they like all the reports, but, I mean, it, it's like it started Monday at noon anyway, mm-hmm. so why not just be able to officially sign Monday at noon? Yeah, I don't know. It's the NFL. They always do some crazy kind of things. Um, yeah, in, in terms of the quote-unquote legal tampering, the Jaguars did a lot of tampering yesterday, and today they're kind of just keeping it low-key. And I, I'll be honest, Brett, I'm still surprised because there's a lot of big wide receivers still out there uh, that we haven't really talked about. There's a lot of guys still available. Usually you see, you know, especially the offensive weapons, they go quickly. But there's a lot of guys still out there right now. Yeah, that market is still slow to go. Uh, right now uh, for the uh, not only the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I think the rest of the league, really the rest of the league, because I think the Jaguars are set now. I don't think they're going to do anything else at receiver. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster, those guys are still around, but they're getting Marvin Jones. They said, hey, we're going to go B-level here. We're going to go veteran guy. We think he's still got something left. We're going to try to get the most out of him, 31-year-old receiver coming off a big year, uh, and he's been consistent scoring touchdowns. You know, he's kind of a touchdown catcher, is. which is good, so... I think they're set. Now it's draft time in terms of the receiver position. The only thing we're still waiting on is the tight end. And one thing I want to ask today a little bit, are we overdoing it on the tight end? Like, we have overdone it to the point where we thought they'd lose free agency if they didn't get one of the big guys. People are still very critical that they haven't got anybody to this point. And I think it's a fair criticism. But are we overvaluing every tight end? Is Kyle Pitts even being overvalued? Uh, and I think the answer could be no to that question. Mm-hmm. But I think it's worth investigating a little bit more. It's kind of like what you did yesterday. You brought up a really good point uh, about Hunter Henry versus Johnny Smith. Hunter Henry has this label of being hurt. If you really go deep into the numbers, he really hasn't been hurt that much. He missed the season. He has had multiple knee injuries, and so that concerns people. So he gets this label. But really his production and the amount of games he's played, I think you'd take that for almost any player over five five years. You'd like a little bit more. You don't want any player missing an entire season. But it happens. It's football. I mean, everybody gets hurt. Almost everybody misses some games. And he's been labeled that way. So the perception of the tight end position in the NFL has been inflated. Yeah. Accurately or inaccurately is something we can talk about today. Without a doubt. You know, and trying to get back to the point a little bit of, of Henry. Like, yeah, he has been out for a season with a, with a, you know, a, a huge knee injury. But, like, I think of a guy like Tyler Eifert. I don't think there was a lot of blowback from Tyler Eifert when he came to Jacksonville. Now, he's obviously in the back nine of his career, but he's had a great deal of injuries. And, you know, to be fair, he didn't really produce, I think, like a lot of people thought he would. But when we talk about the importance of the tight end position, it is, in my opinion, 
a luxury because they're hard to find. They're, they're few and far between, and that's why sometimes when you take them in the first round, it's definitely risky. I think even TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant, where they sit right now, you could call them still a risk, right, because we haven't seen the Pro Bowl caliberness of those two guys quite yet. But I just come from the school of thought where if you have a Travis Kelsey, if you have a Darren Waller, um, even if you have a Gronk still, like, that can elevate the quarterback position. And when you have a rookie coming in who needs, you know, let's give him all help that he can get, um, get his bearings around him, the tight end position helps for sure. Yeah, we'll talk more about tight end position as we go. A.J. Green going to the Cardinals. Uh, could mean the end of Larry Fitzgerald, but he joins Kyla Murray. Listen, I think the Cardinals have taken a little bit of an all-in risk here. J.J. Watt, I can argue that he's going on the downside of his career. They sign him to good money, although it's only a couple years, so you're not locking yourself up big time. A.J. Green now signs a one-year deal, maybe more money than others would give him because he's been injury-prone as of late, and he's getting a little bit longer in the tooth. They're making a run at some of these veteran guys. We'll see. That's usually a big-time risk-reward deal, uh, and Arizona's willing to do that with Kylo Murray, Kingsbury, and the like to win immediately in a very, very difficult decision, uh, division. We talked about this with J.J. Watt situation. Yeah. You can make the case they go get J.J. Watt. They, they have a good team, and they still finish fourth in that division. And that's, a, that's possible for it to happen. Uh, probable, that's debatable, but it's possible for that to happen even if they stay healthy. That's how good that division can be. And that division was fortified a little bit by the fact that Chicago could not get Russell Wilson. Yeah. It sounds like from reports that they really made a heck of an effort. Yeah. And Seattle said, you know what? We ain't parting ways. Which, again, if you look at what was offered, and we'll dissect this a little bit, they were never parting ways with Russell Wilson because it actually makes you think about parting ways with Russell Wilson on what it looks like they offered uh, to get him from a Chicago standpoint. Yeah, as far as that division's concerned, you know, it's definitely the, the most competitive division in, in all of football. Um, you see what San Francisco has done now. They, they've really shored up their offensive line. Whether Jimmy Grappo is going to be the guy going forward, if they draft some young guy, whatever the case may be, they're getting guys that are coming in to play the, the Shanahan game. And the Shanahan game revolves around a pretty stout offensive line. So San Francisco, they have upgraded. Obviously, Seattle keeping Russell Wilson, that's going to be a big help to them. And then you have L.A. as one of the favorites to go far in the Super Bowl. I think with the Arizona Cardinals, you know, and what they have right now, they are in win-now mode because I see a very young team with a young quarterback and a young coach who needs some veteran experience. And, yes, A.J. Green is a risk. J.J. Watt is a risk. But anytime you take a lot of risks, one of those are going to pay off. So if J.J. Watt turns out to be a guy who can give you 12, 13 sacks, well, that's huge for you. If A.J. Green can turn back the clock a little bit, stay healthy, and score, you know, maybe eight or nine touchdowns, well, then that's huge, especially when you pair him with DeAndre Hopkins. So it's about taking the risks and finding, you know, at least one of those guys you can hit on. Yeah, the uh, other big story that's starting to float around, Houston come to grips with the idea that Deshaun Watson is not going to be there. Uh, are they going to trade him away? I think I saw something earlier today with Carolina might be hot on the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. I think Denver you got to keep an eye on as well. Elway will almost do anything he can yeah. to make something happen. Could you even see a potential big-time deal with someone like San Francisco who maybe isn't completely happy with Jimmy Garoppolo? There will be some surprises here if Watson does hit the trade market, certainly trending that way, but wouldn't be stunning. We think it's more of a surprise if Deshaun Watson ends up staying in the AFC South and in Houston. Yeah, you know exactly how I feel about it. I will be shocked if he stays in the AFC South and then he chooses to play as well for the Houston Texans. I think Deshaun Watson has took his last snap as a Houston Texan. Um, now, wherever he goes, you know, that's going to be on the team and uh, kind of maybe up to him a little bit. But here's the thing, Brent. 
how much say should Deshaun Watson have via the trade? Like, if, if you're the Houston Texans, I'm doing it. I mean, listen, give Deshaun Watson what he wants, obviously. I think that he has the power right now. But, like, you have to keep it within reason where it's like, we're not going to send you to a contender. Like, we don't want to see you in the Super Bowl. We still want to see you work for it. That's why I'm surprised that New York wasn't a bigger, you know, trading chip with the Houston Texans. But I'm curious to see where he goes next. Yeah, well, that will be something that will happen, I would assume, before the draft. Mm -hmm. So it could be five weeks of wondering. thought it could even happen this week sometimes, but those talks have been... Uh, very minimal, at least from a public perspective. We haven't seen a lot of reports out there. The Sean Watson out of the AFC South uh, could be a very good thing. Now that we've had a, a day or so to digest what the Jags have done and are doing, uh, we talked a lot about it over these last couple of days as moves were flying around from 3 to 6 during our Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 show Monday and Tuesday. Uh, the narrative has changed a bit in Jacksonville. It was disappointment on Monday. They weren't doing enough. And by yesterday, I think people felt pretty good. they got some uh, names like Shaquille Griffin. Uh, they obviously have Robertson Harris as well to a moderate deal. Uh, Rayshon Jenkins, the safety. I think they're fixing this defense. They're trying to fix this defense. I think the more and more people talk about it, see what they've done now with 17 transactions in essentially about an eight- to nine-day period that they're starting to like what's being put together. They want more because you can never have enough. But I think people overall seemingly like what the Jacksonville Jaguars have done uh, to this point. They look better, and like we said yesterday, they certainly got older. Yeah, and and they definitely addressed, in my opinion, the biggest problem on defense. Now, let's be honest. If you watched any film last year, there was a lot of problems on defense, Um, and and it stemmed from everywhere. But I think – the the main caveat that I take away from this defense from last year is the fact that they cannot stop the run, even though that was the main focus coming out of Todd Wash's mouth. So they shore up their defensive line. They add a lot more bigger bodies. Uh, depth now is uh, all of a sudden it's a it's a strength of this yeah. team in defensive line depth, which is fantastic. So to me, they handled that first. And Urban Meyer has echoed this before. We're going to start in the trenches and work our way out, and that's exactly what they did. They have a starting safety now. They have another starting corner who you know was the top corner at Seattle. So you gotta like what you see right now, at least on paper from this defense. Um, I, I think a little question going forward could be: Do you add another edge rusher in free agency? Do you wait till the draft? I think you have to add at least one more edge rusher, regardless of if Caleb Von Chason's the guy or not. You still need more edge rushers. That's how a three-four defense works. Um, obviously, Miles Jackson be playing in the middle. I don't see him on the outside at all. So you gotta address the edge a little more. But it's not something I'm going to be pounding on tables for saying take care of it right now because you still have the draft. Are we seeing a shift in how the Jaguars build their roster because they know they're getting Trevor Lawrence? And what I mean by that is when Blake Bortles is around or even you have Gardner Minshew or a Nick Foles that you thought you were going to, you knew you had to be very good around them, right? They weren't going to care. You know, take a look at like Mahomes and Brady and Russell Wilson. Well, you can make up for deficiencies with a very good quarterback. The hope is Trevor Lawrence is a very good quarterback. And so you don't want to be deficient. I'm not t- saying that this is purposeful, like, hey, we want to be, it's okay to be bad here and here. But you don't have to be, there's not as much pressure to be great in other areas because the quarterback being very good, hopefully, potentially, can overcome some of the flaws that you have. Keep in mind, we've never seen that in Jacksonville. We really have never seen that. They had to be almost perfect in all these different facets of the game just to help get the best out of the quarterback that they had, especially most recently. It almost feels like we can see a little bit of a shift, and what I mean by that is you can spread more of your dollars out 
where you don't need these blockbuster $90 million guys to make the impact that the quarterback isn't making. No, you're not lying about that. And, like, when I see these transactions right now, I say that this helps out Trevor Lawrence a lot. Now, obviously, they didn't get a tight end, and they still haven't got that third down back. But, once again, you can find those guys, with all due respect to them, but they're kind of a dime a dozen in in the draft as far as the third down back is concerned. So you don't have those two things. You know, I was very adamant about the tight end. But on the other side of the ball, you have bolstered your defense. And one thing that can help out a rookie quarterback that we don't really talk about a lot is complimentary football. We saw Joe Burrow, we saw Justin Herbert have great numbers last year, put up big-time yardage because why? Well, their defenses were lacking a little bit. The Chargers had a lot of injuries, and the Bengals were the Bengals. So I think you have a defense now that can help play complimentary football to Trevor Lawrence, get him the football back, and you know, and play a little more conservative game. We're not going to ask Trevor Lawrence to go out there and score 40 points a game for us because our defense can't stop anybody. I don't see that happening this year. Yeah, and I think it's just interesting to watch the Bill. Again, I think they want to be great in all facets. I think they want to be great on the offensive end. I think Kansas City's proven that. You can still be a a very good quarterback and have a great quarterback, but you still want to be dynamic in the passing game, uh, pass catchers, the running game, up front, all those things. But what Kansas City did do for a little bit is get away with a modest defense. They weren't a great defense. They weren't even a very good defense. I wouldn't even call them above-average defense. They were still won a lot of football games with a modest kind of average defense. And that defense got a little bit better and better, especially the year they won the Super Bowl. It was probably underrated at that time. And I think they even had good moments, you know, getting playmakers in there like Tyron Matthew. Yeah. And also uh, when you had Frank Clark come over, those guys made differences. They end up keeping uh, Chris Jones, you know, so he rises and becomes like part of a star on defense. That's the point. It's like. They could be okay because they were so good offensively and especially at the quarterback position. The Jags could now build a roster that you can get away with some of that. If, if you become dynamic on offense and if you become something people have to fear a little bit on offense because of the quarterback and hopefully the weapons you put around him and that offensive line that can block him, well then if you do have a couple of bad games or not this dynamically great defense like the Rams of last year or the Jags of 2017 or Chicago of 2018, you can still win a lot of football games and even get to the promised land. No, when you have, we talk about the phrase complimentary football, nobody sticks out to you this year as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did. Where, yeah, it was about Tom Brady, Mike Evans, this high-powered offense, but that Tampa Bay defense won them the championship. And it just goes to show you the power of when the lights are the brightest and your defense can show up and have your quarterbacks back, enough said. You win a Super Bowl. And this is coming from a guy who thought for sure KC was going to win because they had so much offensive firepower there is no way anybody could stop them. Well, I was wrong. Tampa Bay wins due to their defense and some pretty good play by Tom Brady. That is the power of complimentary football. Yeah, it really is. Listen, I, I do think we're one. I thought at one time last year we're seeing this seismic shift in college football and in the NFL early in the season where, what did I say even at one time last year, and you wanted to punch me or put me in a rear naked chokehold or whatever you do. But I do a lot of things. Uh, that defense didn't matter much anymore. It, yeah. it was it was showcased early on last year, I think, at the collegiate level and the NFL level. That defense just didn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and teams are just going to outscore them. The rules we already know have, have definitely benefited the offense for now more than a handful of years and just the way the game's going. Well, you got to the middle of the year, and we started to see, like, the Rams' defense emerge. We started to see defense start being more impactful, meaningful. You get into December, you get into January. Those defenses are still very important. People figure out the offenses. They've got more tape on them uh, as opposed to early in the season. And 
What last year proved is as dynamic as offense is, as much as the rules benefit offense, as much of it is an offensive game, I think defense really still matters in a big way. And if you, you are good on the defensive end, you have the Jags at 17, deep run. Chicago very good at 18, had a playoff uh, run. Uh, and then we can go to Baltimore. We can go to the way Tennessee played defense when they made it to the uh, AFC Championship game. And we can even go to last year the Rams, who were the top defense in the NFL and made a little bit of a playoff run. Again, doesn't mean you get to the promised land alone with the defense. But it certainly feels like it's a thread that you better be pretty darn good on the defensive end if you want to make a run. No, it just goes to show you, I mean, you can be the Green Bay Packers. I think they might have had the best offense this year in terms of yardage and points per game. You, you can be the Atlanta Falcons, the Arizona Cardinals, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. And you can be all these high-powered offenses. But if you don't at least have a, you know, a top 10, a top 15 defense, it's not going to matter. Yeah, so uh, we'll talk more about the Jacksonville Jaguars and the makeup of their roster. I tweeted something out earlier today. You know, it looks like Avery Jones won't be on this roster. We haven't seen any moves yet. With him. It could still happen, but with all the replacements that they've made, it's probably goodbye, Avery Jones, and goodbye your 50 bucks. Yeah, which, uh, my 50 bucks? Oh, no, well, yeah, because I, I thought I had 50 bucks. Oh, no, because he owes 50 bucks. Yeah, uh, and it's a little surprising because obviously Joe Cohen, um, he has some experience working with Joe Cohen, I believe. I think Joe Cohen was right at the, the end of Cohen. At the, so maybe not so much. But, um, yeah, it could be the end of an era for, for Avery Jones. It's ironic that as Avery's leaving, then Tyson Alualu's coming back. So I can so say that I played with one guy uh, in that locker room. But, yeah, I mean, Avery Jones, the guy didn't get a lot of love, obviously, playing the nose tackle position. But you still got to respect what he brought to the Jaguars. We got the bagpipes here, man. At Cohen's know, man. Irish pub. I mean, this is full go. Happy St. Patrick's Day. One of the most fascinating instruments out there because I have no idea how that thing works. I'll be honest. And it's with really you. a good listen. Yeah. I'm laying out right now. Absolutely. It's a very good backdrop music. Hey, Coos, let's uh, lay out as we take a break. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, live from Colhane's Irish Pub, St. Patrick's Day, and listen to the tunes as we go to break. No. The freaking Jacksonville Jaguars are 14 and 12 all time against one of the best organizations, quite frankly, in all of sports. Austin Lane. Get him, Brent. Get him, like, Brent. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Look, they know that this year, given the status of both Ryan Pace and of Matt Nagy, that they needed someone who could transcend any deficiencies that they have on offense and quite honestly on the entire team. So they needed an absolute franchise game changer. They needed Russell Wilson. They needed Deshaun Watson. And so they did go all in on that. And I know that for a fact. I'm not Adam Schefter. I'm not going to sit here and tweet out, you know, breaking information like this. But I have some relationships, as John Gruden used to say. I have a phone, too. And I make some calls, too. And I know that they were trying hard to make a, to make a move for one of these two quarterbacks. And if it doesn't work out, and this is what you kind of are relegated to because remember this, the relationship really with Mitchell Trubisky is kind of is kind of broken. He needs to go his separate ways, and Chicago has already kind of determined that they need something different. Uh, that is Lewis Riddick talking about free agency in Chicago. The quarterbacks that go Andy Dalton, it seems like a consolation prize for the Chicago Bears who are in a weird spot. I mean, yeah. they got a coach that's back for a year. Probably that's it. They got Foles, who they tried. Trubisky, who they've tried. Now it's Dalton. They made a run at Wilson. 
They just can't seem to get it right, and they're and they're in the middle. They, you know, they're wasting. You talk about a guy like J.J. Watt says you're wasting Deshaun Watson's years. They're wasting one of the best defensive players in the league, who they traded a king's ransom for at the time yeah. in Khalil Mack. They're wasting those kind of players right now. And by the way, I'll also say Allen Robinson. They're wasting good years for Allen Robinson. You, you really feel bad for him. Uh, I'll be honest, man. And this guy was there when I was there as well as his first year, but I can't believe Ryan Pace still has a job. Because we always talk about the quarterback being tied to the GM. And when you give up what you give up to get Mitchell Trubisky, and then when you go after Nick Foles as to try to be the predecessor to Mitch Trubisky, and then when you try to bring in Andy Dalton to be the answer now, those and we'll see with Andy Dalton. But I think we know what we got with Andy Dalton already, right? We've seen the good and we've seen the bad, and it doesn't inspire you to win a playoff uh, matchup. So with that being said, when you have all that at your stake and the fact that, that Ryan Pace is still the GM right now of the Chicago Bears, it's shocking to me. Brad Martin, Austin Lane, we're live at Colhane's Irish Pub here on the south side of an Atlantic Beach location as well. This place absolutely jammed. Colhane's Irish Pub, we just had some good tunes with the bagpipes yeah. uh, marching through here, right, to send you to break. And then during the break, but uh, really a lot of people here uh, at Colhane's Irish Pub, you know, it was a year ago because of the pandemic, they yep. couldn't. It was right around St. Patrick's Day. You think about this kind of crowd that they have inside, outside, and uh, they weren't able to do that. I yeah. mean, you know, a lot of restaurants is the same kind of way. Uh, but during this holiday especially, people come out. Uh, what is it about St. Patrick's Day? You know, I mean, I've got a couple of redheads, man. I mean, my, my mom's maiden name is McPeak. Uh, I think we could go all Larry Bird today and, and, and just call it a show yeah, yeah. if you want. Yeah. Uh, but. The invitation to have a Guinness. Well, and that's exactly and, and what it is, The reason for this that is, is uh, just good enough, right? This is the crazy <laughs> thing that we love to do in our country. It seems like more than any country is any excuse to drink, we take full advantage of it. Whether it's the 4th of July, whether it's uh, Cinco de Mayo, whether it's St. Patrick's Day, any excuse to drink, we're all for it. That's why I still don't understand, like, the ex- obsession of Halloween. Uh, I mean, I guess there are <laughs> Halloween parties, but that's not like... You don't really relate it to that. It's like a candy and costume holiday, not like true, a drinking true. holiday. So I don't really well, get it. Can it. Be a dr- I mean, you haven't been to Jack's Beach Bars in a while, I guess. I mean, it can be a drinking holiday as well. Every holiday is a drinking holiday. No, though. but like the, I think Halloween more than anything, it seems like you know, kind of like the kids' holiday. That's something for the kids right there to yeah. enjoy and everything. Uh, St. Patty's Day, it's a little more for the grown-ups, I feel like. Kuz, uh, have you finally grown out of this stage now that you're engaged and about to get married here in less than a month? Like, are you not going to rush to a pub? Oh, he's got a today, pack or on are ice you just still waiting. going to do it? Oh, I was. Uh, well, so I was planning on surprising my fiance with Irish car bombs tonight. There you go. We, uh, I see beats for everybody. We've already we've already done so. We did some over the weekend. So, kind of. Oh, you got a head start. Going. Yeah, you you, know, you, 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 you can't have fun? six in one day anymore. You got to like spread it out over a few days. Can I ask you why you did one in the first place? Because they're they're good. Okay. Well, that's your opinion. That's <laughs> it's fine. appropriate. <laughs> At least appropriate is a good way to go. <laughs> it's appropriate. Yeah. It was fitting uh, with the situation. We were out. People were celebrating St. Patrick's Day, so that's what oh, happened. Oh, okay. I got you. That makes sense. Kuz, uh, update us, uh, by the way, on the wedding. I mean, it's coming up, man. You're starting to get nervous. You're inside a month. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, not nervous. I haven't planned anything, so uh, I'm not worried about anything. <laughs> hey, Brent, if you never plan for nothing, you can't be nervous about anything. <laughs> right. That's, that's true. We don't know what to be nervous for. Yeah. Well, I mean, are you guys going to do the vows and everything? Or how is this going to work? I have no idea. I guess I should Good. probably figure that out. Yeah, you're fine. I, I'm yeah, not, just just yeah. let it marinate. <laughs> Eventually, Nicole will tell you what to do. Yep. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not even sure what I'm supposed to wear yet. Okay. 
Okay. Because you guys, are you guys, uh, tell, give us sure. more details. You're not having, like, the big wedding. Right, because the, of the, the big pandemic. wedding, which we got suits fitted for and all that stuff. Yeah. That got moved which to we're seven. invited for, by the way. Right. We were invited to yeah. that. I think yeah. so, right? Yeah, yeah well, I, was, I was. I don't know. I don't no, know. yeah, you both I had was. that on your on your desk over here. Um, yeah. And then, so whatever we're doing, which is the actual getting legally married thing on the 16th, that, um, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to wear for that. Is that yeah. at the courthouse? No, it'll be it'll be at uh, at the golf course, but oh, okay. um, just with you know only a few people. Sure. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, that's. I guess up. we didn't make the cut, Brent, for only a few people. Oh, uh, uh, you have to be fine. immediate family. Was the I mean, <laughs> that's the pandemic. I see you five days a week, but all right, man, it's all right. good. You, yeah, I have seen you more than I've seen my family this entire <laughs> pandemic. Yes, well, that's that's easy, uh, easily done, but, no doubt about um, it. By the way, uh, Keaton asked on the uh, on the chat. Uh, they, he said, got a question for you both. What goes unpaid longer, a St. Patrick's Day bar tab or Kuz's electric bill? <laughs> <laughs> the Kuz electric bill story, I made, probably Kuz's electric bill. I mean, that was what, two months that you didn't pay it? That's a good point. Yeah, I, I still might yeah. have one open, though, uh, down at the Jack's Beach Bar. So you like still two, have a tab open? 2011, well, say from St. Patty's Day. <laughs> It was so, a, it hey, was Keegan, a rough one. there's your answer. We have two prime examples right in front one. of us. Yeah, there's still everyone open. That's why I have credit cards now. I don't have any more debit cards. We're good. That is true. Uh, if you if you leave that open, the credit card, yeah. that means the whole bar probably has used it. Oh, uh, yeah, but, but remember, Brent, there, there's a limit on those credit cards when you first start true. out with them, as I found out <laughs> the hard way. But uh, Brent Marto, Austin Lane, we're at Colhane's Irish Pub. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. Uh, maybe you're wearing your green. And uh, this did feel like a big deal when I was a kid. It doesn't feel like it as much, and it's a little bit surprising. Uh, Maybe we should do this in our own home more because, like I said, the kids are redheads. I mean, like, I I do want to go to Ireland someday. Uh, Scotland has always been on my list because of golf. Sure. But then somebody told me years ago, like, the the golf in Ireland is unbelievable, Hmm. like unbelievably good. And so I was like, all right, I could do that. I could could go to Ireland and – and play some golf and see the sights. Like, are, I think that would be a cool thing to do. Are there any major tournaments in Ireland? Or? Well, sometimes they'll host the Open Championship yeah, 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 up yeah, there. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, like, well, there is, for the European Tour, there is, like, the Irish sure. Open. Or, yeah. you know, but uh, but they have some, like, world-class courses. The more I looked into it, yeah. like, just unbelievable golf courses. So, Are you guys going to do the corned beef and cabbage tonight? No, that's my oh, point, Brent, right? come on. So, Where's like, when I was a kid, seriously, like, my mom, like, my mom's maiden name is McPeak. So we <laughs> yeah. have plenty of Irish in us. And... We got a lot of redheads running through the family that automatically qualifies you to be Irish. Yes. But we had a lot of that when I was a kid. Like we would have, yeah, corned beef and cabbage, yeah. and I like it. It's good stuff uh, on uh, on Wednesday. Yeah. On Wednesday, on St. Patrick's Day, uh, and but we haven't done that. Like we we are bad at traditions in yeah, my mean, house. We're, we're not even Irish for doing corned beef and cabbage. Really? Tonight. Of course. Well, then yeah. I'm coming over. Come on over, man. And we also <laughs> so for Ronan's school, he had to make a leprechaun trap. So okay. then we uh, were visiting that last night as well. How's that? Well, I'm not going to lie. We didn't really go above and beyond as parents. We Lucky took, charms? Uh, we, we took a shoebox and put a stick in it and said, all right, put some bait down and let them What's go the get bait? the bait. Lucky charms? Uh, no, it's going to be, uh, <laughs> what do we use? We use a little Reese's Pieces of Butter Cups. Like, okay. the gold, you know, they're gold, so there you go. This isn't like a mole trap that you put out in the yard? <laughs> it could be, I mean, use as a mole is trap. This, I guess is this right. how you took care of those cats that were behind Brent's house? <laughs> no, coos, coos, all I need is my bare hands for that as people. People look at me very funny as I'm talking about. Yeah, we want to talk about cats.
cats. There's enough people around here. Uh, not at least the way Austin talks about cats sometimes. Well, not, a, not the biggest fan. Here on the show. Let's talk about uh, the big cats. That's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Have they done enough? Do you want them to do more? Are you okay if this was it? And they said, all right, onward to the NFL draft coming up in five weeks. We've got ten more picks outside of Trevor Lawrence. We can do a lot there. Uh, what, what would you be doing if you're inside Jags headquarters right now trying to push the envelope? And keep in mind that, listen, free agency we feel like is this free agency frenzy for three days, which it kind of is, yeah. but it does go on. It's not like, hey, tomorrow at, at 2 o'clock it's done. You can't you can't acquire any more players. That's not the way it works. <laughs> so um, do you think in, in the next little bit of time they're pushing to try to get another spot or two? Yeah, I, I still believe Urban Meyer can't be satisfied with, with the tight end position. Gerald Everett, you know, Zach Ertz you can obviously take your time on because that's going to be a trade scenario. So who knows how long that takes. That might actually not happen until the draft. So we'll see with Zach Ertz. But um, I think Gerald Everett could still be, you know, uh, a viable option. Uh, David Njoku could be a guy you try to pursue as well in some, you know, some sort of – is he a free agent or is he a – I think that would come via be a trade. And there's yeah. been some scuttlebutt on that a little there bit, right? There has been. But um, you have to make a move somewhere. So I'm not looking for it today, tomorrow, because once again, those trades can take a while. But if Everett's there, you might as well pursue him a little bit. Well, I just want to get everybody set for if they don't want Everett, if they don't think the price is right to go get Ertz, they could end up standing pat, folks, and this could yeah. be it. I mean, I say it, it's 17 transactions in the last seven, eight, nine days. I mean, they've remade the roster. They've remade the defense. And today, a bit of a quiet day. I guess I just wouldn't be surprised if there isn't another like big move. There might be these signings. There's always signings. I mean, you yeah. add to your roster, your training camp roster, depending on the COVID protocols, could be up to 90. Yeah. So I, they'll add more players. I'm just talking about key components, what's going to be in the room. They might not be able to either pull the deal off, like what uh, the market has to say. They could be done. I mean, it, it could be two days of, bam, let's go after this thing, and now we're turning our attention mostly to the draft. Let me ask you this. So how many – I mean, it's not for sure because they still have to pass the physicals and all that stuff because yeah. sometimes there's that one guy that doesn't pass and it's whatever. That's true. Okay. We but, had um, that last year. It was yeah. a different kind of world, but yeah. Correct, correct. But the way it sits right now, how many new guys are on this team? Well, new guys, there would be 12 by my count okay. because you have Cam Robinson, you tagged, and you brought back five guy, uh, four guys, Tyler yeah. Shatley, Trey Herndon, uh, uh, who am I missing? Who they do? Who they? Sidney Jones. Sidney Jones. That's right. And Dwan Smoot. Dwan Smoot. Very yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so you brought back five of your own and twelve others you brought in. And how many draft picks do they have right now? Right now, uh, well, eleven. But we don't know what they traded away. At least I didn't see that. What they traded away in the Saints okay. trade with yeah. Malcolm Brown. Yeah, yeah. And so my guess is they have ten picks. Mm-hmm. In this draft, I bet they traded one of those picks away. It was probably like a sixth-round pick or something. So we can probably say around 22 new guys this year if they don't trade those draft picks away. So, so here's yeah, my point, Yeah, 22 new guys and, so, yeah. Yeah. So, and so, everybody else coming back. Exactly. So here's where I'm going with this. I mean, I don't know what that equates to, but it's less than, a little less than 50%. You know, I wonder if the way free agency has panned out, and it's not over yet. Maybe they do try to get a tight end. Maybe they do add another special teams guy. Um, we'll see. I wonder from the draft perspective, though, if now they use some of that capital and trade up a little more and get rid of some of those draft picks. Because if we were talking about 20-something new guys on this roster, I mean, I get it. Turnover always happens. But that's a lot of new faces um, on a team. So I wonder if, you know, they're happy with free agency, they see they have acquired all these new faces, and now they go, okay, well, 
we can't get all these new rookie draft picks in here as well. Let's go ahead and trade some of those guys. Uh, let's trade up a little bit. Let's get some of those guys off the books, and then let's go to work. I like band there because essentially they had 12 draft picks last year, 11 or maybe it's going to be 10, but that's 22 draft picks over two years, mm-hmm. and then you start acquiring players and players that you're already keeping, guys like Brandon Linder, guys like Tyler Shatley, uh, you know, you name it, that yeah. you've drafted the Miles Jack that you've already had. Well, you get to a point where how valuable is it to keep the seventh-round pick in your pocket, the fifth-round pick in your pocket? And so what you're essentially saying is I think something that fans would love to see happen in April, and I would love to see it. We were surprised we didn't see it last year. Package some of those picks up. Be aggressive to go get somebody. Why not? Go jump back up and get a third first-round pick. Or get 25 and jump up to number 12 and get somebody you like that's slipping a little bit more than maybe you thought. I think that now listen that has to work out too. You can't just no, you can't go manufacture that. Yes. Things have to work in your favor for that to happen. The right guys have to fall. But I would hope and I think this place would get excited if the Jaguars do that and be aggressive in the draft. Well, I think they have to because theoretically, I mean, how many second round, how many third round picks, how many fourth round picks do you expect to start next year for this team? Now, I understand injuries happen. Some guys come in unexpectedly, ready to go uh, and start. But the way this roster is constructed right now with all these new guys coming in and the way the defense looks right now, there's not going to be a lot of reps open, in my opinion, for starting reps. And when you bring in, I think you said 12 new draft picks, maybe three, maybe four of those guys are going to be starters going forward with the rest being depth and backups. So you might as well use some of that capital, use some of that depth, and work your way up and get some more high-caliber players. You still can only use nine guys on special teams outside of the snapper and the kicker, you know, or punter. Uh, let's bring in South Beach Gary real quick uh, and actually support Shacks on ESPN 690 before we hit a break. What's up, man? Hey, Austin. Brent. Austin, I forgot to congratulate you on the W in the ring. Oh, you're all good, man. I appreciate it, though. Thank you. Sure. And I'm sure we're all glad Lewis Riddick has a phone because that was on my mind. He said, <laughs> when he, said, he said he had a phone, too. Yeah, that is good. You never know, you know. <laughs> phone, iPhone, I don't know what it is. Hey, Austin, were you surprised that all the Raiders released Rodney Hudson? Because I thought he was he's one of the better centers in the league. They don't grow on trees, a guy that can pass, protect, and run block the way Rodney no. Hudson can. No, it, it, listen, it, it's a great question and deserves to be talked about. Um, you had a guy in Derek Carr who had a really monumental season last year and, and who maybe uh, is turning over a new leaf, if you will. And the fact that you get rid of you know your best offensive lineman, one of the best tackles in the league, in my opinion, it leads me to believe that maybe Gruden's got something up his sleeve, or maybe it's Mayock's decision, but, like, there's something afoot here. It just it didn't make much sense for me to release him unless there's not going to be something else coming down the pipeline for the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I think you're right, too. I mean, they've kind of redone their entire offensive line, yeah. and Hudson is a guy, at least a couple of years ago, I wanted the Jags to go after mm-hmm. uh, initially when they didn't get, like, Alex Mack. Like, in that kind of conversation, which we've had this conversation before, I thought it was right that they go after him. Well, they stuck with Brandon Linder, and that seems to have paid dividends for them as well. But Hudson, clearly one of the best and most productive centers in the National Football League over the last handful to seven years, and uh, not going to be with the Raiders. There are some teams doing some peculiar things. It feels like hey, yeah. you kind of like there are winners and losers in all of this. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's perception more than reality at times. But there's certainly that. Who are some of those? We'll talk about it. Plus, what about the rest of the AFC South? What are they doing? Have the Jags got so much better to try to catch some of the teams in the South? Where do they stand in the division? 
that's on the way as well. We're live at Colhane's Irish Pub on St. Patrick's Day here on the south side. Come out and say hello. Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. Rolls on next. You have to be, like I was, intrigued by the Houston Texans signing a guy. They agree to a one-year deal with Tyrod Taylor worth up to $12.5 million. Again, pay no attention to what people say. We're not trading Deshaun Watson. Just watch what they do. We just brought in a quarterback who can play. So what Tyrod Taylor is, is the following. He is the guy who can start when we trade away Deshaun Watson, which we know we'll have to do. And he is a good bridge guy when we trade Deshaun for a high draft pick. What the Tyrod Taylor signing said to me was the Texans are thinking about drafting a quarterback high. So immediately, what does that point a straight line to? New York, the Jets, the second pick. Miami, the Dolphins, the third pick. Look at the teams that have the high draft picks. Those are the two that jump immediately to mind. That is Mike Greenberg on ESPN earlier in the day, right here on ESPN 690. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, free agent frenzy continues around the league, although I'm not sure frenzy's the accurate description today. I think that was Monday, Tuesday. Today has certainly slowed down. Uh, there have been some moves around the NFL, but now it seems like the attention has shifted to the quarterbacks. Russell Wilson, Chicago, they made a pitch for him. Didn't happen. Not happening. That doesn't surprise me, but the offer out there is interesting. We'll get to it in a moment. Meanwhile, Deshaun Watson's going to start to get hot and heavy here. The rumors of Deshaun Watson are going to start to fly, and movement could start to happen, I would think, very soon. Although you could trail this all the way up to the draft, that's dangerous for the Houston Texans because then they pigeonhole themselves and they don't know exactly what they're doing in the draft because they want to scout these other quarterbacks to the fullest extent if they're going to be in a market for the quarterback. So uh, we will continue to monitor that. But uh, be ready, because I think that will be the dominating topic over the next couple of days, uh, maybe week, however long that lasts. We're live at Colhane's Irish Pub. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. We've got all sorts of festivities around here happening, yeah. uh, which is kind of cool. And uh, bagpipes earlier. I think we're going to have some dancing a little bit. Uh, there also has to take bit. part in it, which, unfortunately, in vans, nah. Can't do it? Not today, bro. But all that yoga Not you today. Do? You feel, I feel like you'd fit right in. I can't stress it enough, man. This is my off week, all right? This guy's had my fight and everything, so this is an off week for me. But, hey, I see you rocking those catchers. Those look ready to roll. Hey, yeah, uh, these are wands. Oh, the, they're wands? Yep. Okay. These are wands. Just some dude's name? Best shoes ever. Are those from Amazon? Yep, 18 okay. bucks. Flex? $18 Flex. shoes right here. Flex away, Brett Martin. Uh, that's what you got to do, people. That's what you got to <laughs> do. Uh, the. I'm going to try to find this now. Did you see the offer from Chicago that... Are you talking about the three first-round picks, a third-rounder, and two starters? Yes. Yeah. Ooh. How hard is that to pass up uh, if you're the Seattle Seahawks? I mean, it's difficult. It's difficult without a doubt. But you got to ask... And I'm not sure who those starters were. Yeah, you know? we don't I mean, know the players, right? Yeah. So that makes it a little more difficult. That's a little more difficult. I mean, I mean could it have been a Khalil Mack oh, or don't, somebody? Don't, don't put that out in the universe there, Brent. That'd be insane if you turned on Khalil Mack with that uh, deal as well. I just think right now, you know, it's the quarterback position, Brent. And Russell Wilson's a top-five guy year in and year out. They're on the doorstep uh, of going to the dance, of going to the big one. So I feel like you try to sustain that success as long as possible because as soon as you trade Russell Wilson away, you got to find the next Russell Wilson. And regardless of how many first-round picks you get, regardless of the players you have around it, if you can't find another Russell Wilson, you, you may have to go back to the Super Bowl. So 
I'm not mad at Pete Carroll for what he did. I'd probably do the same thing depending on who those two players were that they're talking about that were starters. Three first-round picks, a third-round pick, and a couple of players. Digest that a little bit. Three first-round picks. Mm -hmm. That is a lot. I mean, you have to understand, most GMs, the DNA of a GM is like, I want picks. And I want first-round picks. Yeah. And I want second-round picks and third-round picks and fourth-round picks. You can have the fifth, sixth, seventh, but I want those first four rounds. Yeah. And I want to build through the draft, right? That is the mentality of a GM. That's the mentality of a front office. And so when you get an offer coming in potentially, I could say three first-round picks, that must really make you think. I don't care if it was Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Patrick Mahomes, Russell yeah. Wilson. I think it makes you think, especially if you might have an unhappy quarterback, and especially if he's going into a decade now in the league and carries a big salary to boot. No, for sure. And it makes you wonder who those other players I mean, if it was like a Tariq Cohen or something, like, listen, Pete Carroll lives by running the ball. I mean, he still have Russell Wilson, but they still want to pound the rock and help their defense out and everything. I mean, if you would have got a decent running back out of that, who knows what would have happened, but... Um, is Tariq Cohen even still in Chicago? Am I getting him confused with somebody else? Uh, I think he's still there. Okay, yeah. So if it was him or something, I don't know. It's just uh, it's a lot to offer, but at the same time, when you have one of the best quarterbacks in the league, I, I try to make him happy and keep him as long as possible. What I mean, so does that mean nothing? I mean, nobody's going to offer more than that. Now, the players, again, I, there's a caveat here in the players. Who are they? I mean, yeah. is it is it player A, player B, or is it player capital A and capital B? Yeah. I mean, that makes a big difference, but... I mean, that essentially says to everybody else in the NFL, stop calling us. We're not interested in getting rid of Russell Wilson. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to match that offer and try to bring something more to the table than that. So I think you're going to stop hearing the rumblings now for Russell Wilson. I think he's going to be a Seahawk at least for you know this year. It's going to be interesting to see going forward what that relationship is going to be like if it goes in a new direction. And now the focus should be on Deshaun Watson. Yeah, and by the way, I'm not surprised at all that Russell Wilson isn't moving. I'm surprised that they were even still entertaining phone calls. Yeah. And and I think, how much are you really entertaining phone calls if you're turning down three first-round picks, a third, and a couple of players? Like, are you really entertaining phone calls? It's kind of like what Allen Robinson said to us. It's Yeah, you get offered a contract, yeah, yeah, but yeah. if the money's not even really near where it should be, are you really offered a contract? Yeah. Right? Yep. So this was, yeah, we'll listen. But we ain't moving. Number yeah. three. Russell well, Wilson was never going anywhere. That's the moral of the story. And obviously the, the Bears were all in on Russell Wilson, and that was plan A. Oh, good for a. them. They should well, be. No, no, as the, yeah, for sure. But it makes you wonder, okay, so plan B was Andy Dalton? Like, there's still some other guys out there. I, I can't believe you just gave up and said, all right, well, and you, maybe you didn't give up. But right now you got Trubisky, you got Foles, you got Andy Dalton. That's a pretty crowded quarterback room right now. And by the way, the Raiders now have traded Rodney Hudson, so they didn't get rid of They yeah, traded, traded him, him. Okay. Seventh round, and a seventh-round pick to Arizona for a third-round pick, so Arizona gets Rodney Hudson. Making some moves. They are making must moves. Must win now. And uh, Kingsbury must know that they got to start. they got to do something, and yeah. they got to get so much better in that division. Again, sure. the division is so difficult yeah. with Russell Wilson staying, yeah. especially. What does the Jags division look like in the AFC South now that free agency is well underway? We talk about that and a little bit about the NCAA tournament logistics with a man that knows about some of the NCAA tournament logistics. It's on the way at Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 live from Colhane's Irish Pub. Come say hello. If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. 